Boom. As I've said, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, y'all. This is the Core Report, the Queen's episode today, man. We're doing this one for the ladies. It's very important. As you already know, we do our headlines, and then we get right to the core of what we're talking about. But so many headlines this week, and pardon me, today, are revolving around the astonishing amount of violence that's taking place and is being directed towards the female members of our community, towards our whole community as a whole, on all different fronts. Like I said, headlines, we always want to get into it. We got everything from the latest on all of the protest actions from Buffalo to New Mexico to Minnesota. We got FBI investigations being opened up into lynchings, straight up lynchings in California. We got people in Akron, news from Akron, Ohio, the United Nations, man, D.C., of course, with the nonsense of, you know, Instagram, we got to see certain bullshit on Instagram and be ashamed of our town. Sometimes we're proud of it. Sometimes we're ashamed of it. We got to see certain shit. We got to get into that. And, of course, everything else is going on in the world with coronavirus. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Don't forget. It's crazy, y'all. That's why I do the core report. That's why I started this thing, y'all. So here we go. Again, protest action in America has gone crazy. In Buffalo, the 75-year-old protester who was pushed through the ground by two police officers who have since been fired from the force, but the force backed this asshole up and 50 of them walked off of the job subsequently, so the Buffalo Police Department is in turmoil. This protester is now suffering in the hospital still, suffering from a fractured skull, and he can't walk. He's 75 years old. This man is a professional activist. This man is a professional peace activist. His name is Frank Gugino. This isn't some George Soros, some Antifa bullshit. This is like a real person who goes out and protests like every year, every day, like Jane Fonda, anybody else, like anybody else's old hippie activist-ass grandma. This man now is paralyzed for the moment. Hopefully he can regain the use of his limbs, rehab himself. But I mean, at 75... Like, you're not supposed to be absorbing that type of punishment, and nobody should be absorbing that type of punishment from the police. Check it out. At the protest where the police have been using, quote-unquote, non-lethal weapons on people who have been peacefully protesting, there are people at these protests who have been discharging weapons and actually shot a protester. In New, in New Mexico, there was a protester shot by a member of a white ring protest movement, you could say. It's called the Boogaloo Boys. I've mentioned it before on this program. Basically, the Boogaloo Boys are armed, right-wing, sometimes white supremacist-leaning extremists who believe in an ultimate civil war impending when the police try to take their guns. They don't believe that their Second Amendment rights are safe under the current administration, under the current governmental regime, and they are preparing, arming themselves for civil war. They're using Black Lives Matter protest and anti-police protest, where these are large gatherings where the police are mobilized in their tactical gear, allegedly ready to do battle. They're using these things as opportunities to stage training exercises, to just take shots at citizens, sometimes cops too. Like in the Bay Area, one of these boogaloo assholes killed two cops, killed one sheriff's deputy and one security cop. He was, like, deputized by the police. He was an adjunct police officer. 
in New Mexico again. One of these guys shot a protester while they were trying to take down a statue, a statue of a Spanish colonizer, which definitely had no business up in New Mexico anyway, because that is Mexico, and the people there definitely don't have a healthy or positive experience with conquistadors and Spanish colonizers. Moving on, again, like I said, violence towards women in our community. Toyin Salu. Toyin Salu. Oluwa Toyin Salu. Activist. Beautiful name. Powerful name. Activist. Found in Tallahassee, Florida. Her body, the remains have been identified. It's been confirmed that it's her. Oddly enough, they found somebody else, a, a white woman, an older white woman who had been missing for quite some time in the same area, which leads them to think maybe the same person did this crime. Uh, an arrest has been made. Hopefully that person receives the maximum penalty allowable by the law. That's just intolerable. It's intolerable that we can keep having these type of things happen to the most vulnerable, the most unprotected people in our community who are putting themselves on the line, who are taking a stand for everyone's rights and minds, man. That's a very sad story. I hate to hear that. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that there's some progress being made just in the sense of an arrest being made because whoever did that is sick. Whoever is doing that type of shit is a sick, fucked up individual that does not need to be a part of regular society. In, in Akron, Ohio, again, young women, Nakia Crawford, 18 years old, driving her grandma down the block, shot by a white man on a, in some type of drive-by, shot from a moving car, died. They have not found this person. They don't know where this person is. They're looking for suspects. She's 18 years old. She just graduated from high school. This is crazy, y'all. Like, again... When it's not us perpetrating violence on each other, then it's other people perpetrating violence on us. We can't withstand these attacks from multiple fronts. We can't withstand these attacks from multiple fronts. Vulnerable members of our community and valuable members of our community are being taken out with these type of just insane, inexplicable actions. Yo, now that we're talking about people being taken out, Yes, mental health is real. I talked about that on the show yesterday. Talked about how it's important to guard your mentals, guard your chickens. Word to Marshawn Lynch. Shout out to my man G-Boy in the building. You already know the vibes, man. Listen, guard your mentals, guard your chicken. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you're staying, staying above all of this water. It's like, even for me, absorbing too much news, I have to step away from it. Yo, I enjoyed watching the Five Bloods last night. We're going to get into that a little later, too. That shit was tight. But like I said... Yo, there have been two, no, now it's four, alleged suicides that involve hanging from trees, young black men hanging from trees. Now listen, I look, everybody's under pressure, but I do not believe that there's a sudden rash of black men hanging themselves from trees for whatever reason, for lack of a better way to cope with the current circumstances. The FBI is now open investigations into two of these, which happened within about 20, 30 miles of each other in California. Not Mississippi, not Alabama, not Georgia, not Florida, California. In California, in Palmdale, California, and in Victorville, California, 
One of the gentlemen's name was Robert Fuller. I don't have the other young man's name right here, but in within 20 miles of each other, it just so happened that two young black men choose to commit suicide via the same device or the same method. It don't smell right. It don't smell right. It don't feel right. None of this is making any sense. And I feel like the entire world is starting to stand up and take notice. A lot of people are starting to understand that, man, this this can't be right. This can't this can't be the real, you know, crux of what we're doing in America. This can't be what we're about. The UN is now hearing a case about the US's treatment of black people. So let me say this again. The United Nations is now hearing a case condemning the United States for its treatment of black people. This case has been brought by an African country named Burkina Faso. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Burkina Faso is in Africa. It's not a very large country. But Burkina Faso has the political gumption, the political will to step to the United Nations on our behalf. And this is something that, like I said, is not a new concept. Once upon a time, Malcolm X advocated for this. He had an organization called the OANN, Organization of African Nations. Um, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, he's, this organization's goal was to bring a case, to build a case and bring a case against the United States in the UN because the United States is guilty of war crimes as it relates to their treatment of African Americans in this country. So Burkina Faso having the political will to step to them at this time, in this moment in history, is, is big, man. I agree with you there. What can the UN do? Now, this is what the UN can do. The UN is the global organizing body that decides trade agreements, that decides different relationships between all of the sovereign nations, the ones that are members of the UN. So if the UN comes down in a majority vote and condemns a certain nation, they can impose sanctions. They can refuse to trade with them on a certain level. They can even have certain people prosecuted. Like the World Court is the Hague. You know what I'm saying? That's what the UN's global court is called. They have people drawn in for war crimes. Now, of course, we know none of that shit is happening. Now, like, let's just, let's be very clear. We know none of that's happening. However, this is what the entire process, I guess, would would be about. That's what they want to bring the legislation to them for. Do I think it's worthwhile? Perhaps. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm more encouraged by people at least having the foresight to see that something perhaps is is legally wrong here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey yo, I'm just keeping it in a buck, man. None of that's happening. But I'm encouraged by people having the foresight to see that this is legally wrong and there could be some legislative, you know, points where you could attack it. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to attack this thing from all different angles, yo. You really do. Like, the Supreme Court, that's another part of my headline. Supreme Court. They, the Supreme Court has the power to hear and not hear a lot of different cases. The Supreme Court, everybody brings a case to the Supreme Court. Not everybody's shit gets heard at the Supreme Court. You know what I'm saying? They'll be like, yo, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? That's it. We're just not hearing it. And once you've been denied by the Supreme Court, you're typically not, That's those. that decision typically isn't reversed because it takes a, a long time. It takes years 
for you to even get to the point of being able to petition the court. However, the Supreme Court did some interesting confirming and denying over the last few few days. The Supreme Court has been an interesting branch of government. Like the the executive branch is is fucking clown show. The legislative branch has been a clown show for a long time, but it's actually a very powerful and manipulative body. Congress and the Senate, those people been in there for like 40, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? They're very powerful. They're very, they have a very strong hold on what goes on in America. Um, the judiciary branch has been undergoing some shifting. You know what I'm saying? We got two new, just three new justices right now with this particular administration and the conservative bias is growing and the liberal bias is shrinking. So, you know what I'm saying? It's some change going on in the court, but they're not doing what they expect them to do. The Supreme Court, they did, they they refused and allowed to hear a few different interesting cases. I'll run it down for you. The first case that they refused to hear was qualified immunity. They didn't want to hear a case questioning qualified immunity, meaning what are the police able to be protected or what is protected behavior by the police? The Supreme Court refused to hear a case quest calling that principle into question, which means that it stands. They also refused to hear a case calling the legitimacy of sanctuary cities into question, meaning that that stands, which immigrant rights are, um, activists are marking as a major victory. They see that as something that was very, very, you know, positive for their cause because now the, you know, the administration, which is the plaintiff in that case, has petitioned all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court decided they don't want to hear it. Now, the difference between that and a, a different plaintiff or a different petitioner is the administration got endless time and money so they can maybe push this back to the Supreme Court in another kind of way. So, you know, you always got to be on a case for that. So that's not a win-win, but that's a pretty good win right there. Another uh, case that they declined to hear was the case regarding um, Second Amendment laws, which, you know, we talk about often on this show. Again, shout out to Wilson Brothers Armory. You know what I'm saying? We talk about Second Amendment rights often on this show. Um, they refused to hear cases that questioned certain states' open carry laws meaning that those laws stand again. So Maryland is an open carry state. I did not know that until a few minutes ago. I literally just had to Google that shit just to make sure. Maryland is an open carry state. So, you know, this law or this the Supreme Court's decision to not question this law allows that to be the case for however much longer. So it's something that you should be aware of. It's something that you should know about. And you should just also pay attention to, you know what I'm saying, all type of... Yeah, exactly. I didn't know Maryland was an open carry state. So that means, like, you know, again, protesting and all of those type of things. There's, hey, what up, family? My guy, my bad Barzi, man. I had no idea that all of these... T the, there's so many different complexions to this thing. And like I said, man, these right-wing protesters, this boogaloo movement who, again, was responsible for these shootings in New Mexico, responsible for these killings in the Bay Area. They are carrying guns, yo. And because they don't look like us, the attention and the scrutiny that they're being paid 
when they're carrying these weapons is very different, man. And it's just, it's something you need to be aware of when you're out here, you know, participating in protest actions. Some of these people might be cops, but some of these motherfuckers are just provocateurs with guns. You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to be organized, you have to be organized in a way that you can spot all threats. You know what I mean? And these are real threats here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, as I said, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Eight million cases of coronavirus worldwide. And the inequitable treatment and coverage of where this virus and where this pandemic is affecting people the most is really becoming, you know, unbearable. Because right now, in the beginning, when we had all these conversations and these town halls about how it's affecting black people inadvertently and whoopie-whoop and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we've had all those conversations. Now we're getting back to a space where we're ignoring the obvious upticks. You know, the Navajo Nation, the Navajo Nation, which is an autonomous sovereign, so to speak, within the United States of America, has more deaths than seven states. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a joke, y'all. Like, and within all of this, within this environment of pandemics and things of that nature, we don't have any room to mistreat each other. I'm just saying, that is my biggest thesis statement in this entire thing here. We have so many issues. We're being attacked on so many sides. We don't have time to mistreat each other. We don't have time to abuse our our sisters. We don't have time for this shit, y'all. We don't have time for this shit, man. D.C., man. D.C. Do fucking better, D.C., man. I'm always fucking saying do better, D.C. I've been saying do better, D.C. since I was fucking born. You know what I'm saying? So I don't even know where to start there. But at the end of the day, like, do better, D.C. At D.C., we want to talk about, you know, statehood. Uh, that's news, I suppose. There's a there's a vote that's going to take place on the House floor uh, regarding statehood for the District of Columbia. I don't know why people are getting excited about this. I don't know why this is news. The same thing is going to happen that always happens. It might pass that House vote initial, but it will be struck down and stripped and added so much bullshit to it in committee that it will never move beyond any, you know, superficial discussions. That's one thing. Second thing is, while we're doing all of this in D.C., D.C. has been experiencing a really... Thank you, man. Fucking yawns, man. Like, nobody's... D.C. becoming a state in the current climate is just not even a political uh, possibility. It's the, the type of constitutional wrangling that we would have to do. I don't think that the country is in a space to really be doing wrangling on the Constitution about the statehood of D.C. We got a whole bunch of other shit to address. Anyway, during all this time, like the amount of violence that the the district has been experiencing, like we got 18, we, I mean, I'm not sure the total amount of homicides in D.C. I forgot that number, but 18 of those are, are women. And I believe six or seven of those have been within the past 10 days. Fam, Let's put some let's put some numbers in perspective here. George Floyd died, was killed 20 days ago. Since then, the police have killed, not just shot, killed 120 people. Jeez. 
20 days, 120 people. That just, you would think that there would be some type of movement to like, yo, let's just slow down on shooting niggas for a minute. People are upset. Maybe we could just get back to beating motherfuckers or something. Like, there has been an uptick in this. I'm telling you, the rhetoric and the words that have been spread around this entire issue, the the constant repeating loop of black people losing their life on television and all of that shit, it's desensitizing. Yes, six people a day. That's desensitizing. People can't fathom that number. People... That's a pandemic, fam. That's a pandemic. That, those are in, in a population that is 13% of the entire uh, United States population. And United States population is less than 5% of the entire world's population. For us, our community, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> for a police force to be killing six people a day, bro, is insane. That is that is plague level shit, and we're not giving that the seriousness that it deserves. Again, you talk about defunding the police and so on and so forth. People don't talk about how that might sound ridiculous, but dog, six people a day is ridiculous. Nothing. I don't know. I don't know what's more ridiculous: defund the police or the police kill six people a day. If you had to ask me, I would say the six people a day, six human lives. Before I have to ask myself, oh, wow, what's going to happen when somebody's crazy and they come in the store and they tear it up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're going to call the cops. Do the cops need to show up with guns and bulletproof vests and all of that? Typically, no. You know what I'm saying? Typically, no. So you can definitely cut a few guns or a few vests out of the budget. Um, I'm just of the opinion that there's a better way to do things. And I think that we are, as a society, starting to... You know what I'm saying? Recognize that. I think that one of the really sayings that's ever been said is, it's always darkest before it's dawn. So a lot of the bullshit that's happening right now is really a manifestation of that. A lot of the things that are doing, that are happening are just a manifestation of like things getting extremely ugly before they have to, in some way, shape, or form, balance out to get good. Because here we are again, like I said, in D.C., dealing with the twin pandemics of racism and fucking coronavirus and black women are dealing with a whole nother pandemic of being sexually assaulted, being kidnapped, being killed, not being centered in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm sorry. I always talk about this, like from a a male perspective, because I'm a guy, you know what I'm saying? But like the women who I have, come in contact with, who I've been in work, in movement spaces with, they go harder than a lot of y'all, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. They just, they they believe, they organize, they push way harder. They more loyal. They're more dedicated. And the, and, and they have babies. You know what I'm saying? And they have babies. They have children. They, you know what I'm saying? They take care of homes. On top of being super dedicated and focused on liberation, mainly our liberation, mainly our liberation. When I see bullshit like that shit I seen with this clown nigga from what I don't know whatever side they from throwing the chick in the trash can. First of all, that suck ass bully shit. 
that nobody deserves to see. Second of all, throwing a woman, a black woman, in the trash at this time in history just shows your total fucking lack of ability to read the room. Nobody, the the disrespect that we have shown black women should be one of the first things we take down within this entire movement of just like getting our shit together. That's like one of the first things you do. All right, look, yo, we're going to really cut it out with the way that we treat women, the way that we carry women, because shit is different now. Shit is serious. You know what I'm saying? We have we have communities to take care of. We're going to need these people. They look out for us. One thing that a lot of people, one of my homeboys, who, again, like I said, I don't appreciate it because I feel like he's gaslighting me, but I take what I take from it because I see it. He'll send me always videos of black people doing the most and doing the worst shit and be like, see, we're doing this, you know, talking about Black Lives Matter, whoop, 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 blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, man, get that shit out of here. But at the end of the day, I, I'm able to dissect that information even further than he is. So he sent me that video. Some of y'all may be familiar with it, where there's a whole, like, shootout happening. It's like, I believe it's in Trinidad or whatever. And it's like cats on the street, wow, 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 back and forth, shootout, shootout. I'm like, first of all, broad day shootouts where nobody's getting shot are fucking dangerous and stupid. So I'm not impressed. Second of all, you listen to the audio when the clicking starts, it's a woman in the background like, look, watch out, y'all get them. Niggas might have been fried. It might have been some brains on the sidewalk had it not been for those words, those lookouts. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and niggas know that. And the fact that people try to pretend like that's not a constant, the guidance, the protection, the, the, the good wishes of black women is not like a constant thing, a blessing over our life is stupid. It's it's bullshit. It's it's counterproductive to this movement that we are trying, not trying, this movement that we are putting together. It's counterproductive. It's no way in shape or form that we can have anything without our black women. It's no way, shape, or form. Listen, I'm far from homophobic or anything like that, but I do admit I have a hard time processing the trans community and their significant, not significance, that's a bad choice of words, their position in this whole conversation and in this struggle. But what I do understand is something that Angela Davis said, is that if you don't understand people being able to question the core binary that defines just our reality, which is male and female, then you're saying, by extension, you can't understand these other binaries, these false binaries that are set by society, which we tend to accept. Black, white, rich, poor, young, old. Like, we're fighting against all of these things, and the trans movement does have a place in there. And I'm, and it was, like, really eye-opening to me. When Angela Davis said that, I mean, and I'm paraphrasing her, and I'm paraphrasing her, hopefully, as well as I can, but I know it's poor compared to the eloquence that she has and that she's displayed over her decades of public service. Like, that's another one of my big points. Like, now, Angela Davis is still alive. Y'all motherfuckers out here following Sean King and listening to DeRay. Like, Angela Davis is still alive, bro. Ta-Nehisi Coates is around. 
Cornell West and all of them, their books and all of their work is around. So there's no reason to go resort to memes for your political philosophy. But that's a whole nother rant. What I'm talking about is the understanding of different communities, people that's just not you, and how important they are in the struggle too, and how they got their own struggle, which aligns with yours. Because we are, we are actually struggling towards the same thing which is the de-stratification of society. We just want to, we want out of these boxes, yo. We want out of these stratums that they've created for us because within black, it's just that. You got to be black. You got to do that black shit. You know what I'm saying? Shout out for man Riz, man. We out here. Geronimo checking in. Yes, you're right. Nobody listens to the Ray Geronimo. I mean, like, these, these people are clowns. Again, there's a lot of people who benefit from the stratification. There's a lot of people who benefit from seeing us fight the same fights over and over again, have the same conversations over and over again. The growth that's going to be required from our community in order to push through this moment, man, is going to be it's going to be big. It's big. It requires me to say trans lives matter. It, it requires me to say that. And I'm not even a nigga that would ever come outside and say that. But I, it requires me to say that. You know what I'm saying? It requires me to grow beyond this. It requires you, if you're a black man and you walking around with some bullshit-ass attitudes toward black women and you're treating black women in a way that you know is disrespectful. Listen, we know it's no cap involved in this shit, man. You know when you're carrying somebody. You know when you're dealing with black women incorrectly. You know what I'm saying? Look, we was all outside. My man Reds, thank you, family. We was, we was all outside. We, we was all outside, and we saw shit that was foul. We participated, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just, yo, you got to put that shit to a cease, man. It's no, it, it's no space for that. It's no space for that in the revolution. It's no space for that in the movement, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, these cats, the cats who still perpetrate those kind of things, they are really going to be the people who ultimately cause this thing to crumble on itself because you can't have inner dissension. You know what I'm saying? Look, we all are on the verge of being organized. We all are looking and we have common rallying calls. There's things that we all are saying. We all in the streets talk about Black Lives Matter, defund the police. We are all saying the same thing. Don't lose it in the semantics. Don't get lost in the sauce of saying, oh, well, they not like us, so they saying something different. Nah, man. That's not the way to win. The way to win is to unify the team, not to have, you know, if you got a basketball team, you know, you don't want to just have the guards practicing with the guards and the center and the forwards. They just hang out together. No, you got to bring everybody together. Everybody has to be a one unit that clicks and that works. If we're going to take this shit down, this has got to be Voltron. This got to be Power Rangers. I ain't even watch Power Rangers, but you know, <laughs> it's got to be Power Rangers. It's gotta be. It's gotta be some people coming together in a very, very organized and, and powerful fashion. You know what I mean? Like I said, man, the federal government is still moving forward with their plans. There's a lot of things that are happening right now that a lot of people aren't aware of. There, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a large counterinsurgency. Put it like that. There's a very large movement of people who see the direction that society is going in and they are doing anything and everything that they can do 
to protect what they once had. And even if that means taking calculated steps backwards, you understand me? Look, the United States military and these naming of the bases and all of that shit. I did a little research today. I mean, we're talking about Fort Benning and Fort Hood. And I was like, wow, Benning, that's Benning Road. Who the fuck is Benning? Bro, Benning was the worst anti-abolitionist of the of the Civil War. He was a general of the Confederacy. He was one of the worst anti-abolitionists. He said the word nigger like you would say the word V. And he typically was a proponent, or pardon me, post-Civil War was a vocal opponent of black people being involved in politics because we're going to have nigger governors and nigger senators and nigger congressmen. It's going to be crazy. That's Ben and Road. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's who Benning Road is named after, and that's who Fort Benning is. I had no clue who Benning Road was named after. Now, why is that important? Because that makes me feel shitty. But when I found out who Nanny Helen Burroughs was, that made me feel good. I was like, oh, shit. That's, that's Nanny Helen Burroughs? Oh, that's dope. When I found out who Charles Drew was, that made me feel good. I was like, oh, that's the Drew Bridge over there. That's the Charles Drew Bridge. Charles Drew Bridge is in Brooklyn. Go right over Brooklyn Station, just for those who don't know. You know what I'm saying? Charles Drew was the doctor who invented plasma, which basically won World War II for the United States. Because without the capability to do rapid blood transfusions in the field, these motherfuckers would not be alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, like all of these, these symbols matter. Like, like I said, I can't, I can't douse, I can't douse no water on Black Lives Matter Plaza and scream about how all these monuments and so on and so forth don't matter or don't matter, should I say, because they do. I had no clue. I love New Orleans to death. I had no clue that in New Orleans, in that huge pedestal in the middle, my man, y'all are checking there from Chi-Town, my guy, man. I had no clue that in New Orleans, that huge pedestal, at the top of that pedestal was Robert E. Lee. I had no idea. I, I just was like, who the fuck is that white man? You know what I'm saying? You knew it was a white man. You knew he probably didn't mean you any good. But at the end of the day, you never really connect those dots. And when you hear who it is, the feeling that it sparks in you is not positive, especially if you're an African-American. And even if you're a white American, it just sparks some feelings in you that the loser of the Civil War is elevated above one of the great, many of the great American cities. I heard they had Jefferson Davis in the Kentucky State House. They just took him out. Kentucky wasn't even in the fucking Confederacy. What? The? Yo, this is straight out racism, my G. What up, y'all? Man, you know what I'm saying? This is just straight out racism, man. Like, this is, this is where symbolism and racism collide. And we got to take power. We got to have our own symbols, man. Yo, my man, Ronnie, he out in Chicago. The man who founded Chicago, Baptiste, he got a statue, which I think is dope, but I, you wouldn't even see the shit. I haven't even been to Chicago to see the shit, but like, yo, they, they don't put that up there like, yo, come to Chicago and see the statue of Baptiste. Come see the fucking bean. All right, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But what about the black man who figured out that this was a dope-ass place to be on the Mississippi River 
trading post. Yeah, it get cold in the winter, but it's going to be lit in the summertime. Tucked. They got my man tucked on the bridge, right, Roddy? They got this man tucked, tucked. You know what I'm saying? Ohio is out here rocking Confederate flags. Man, NASCAR had me had me tight with the Confederate flag shit because I was, I was like, look, this is the only shitty thing about NASCAR is this Confederate flag thing. So I'm glad that NASCAR decided to revisit these things, man. But again, yo, the symbolism, the symbolism matters, man. And the symbolism in us not taking care of our women is heavy. Back to that point. The symbolism in us not taking care of women, not centering women in this in this movement is heavy. Let me tell you how heavy it is for me, how it feels for me. It's not good to not feel like you can protect the women in your life, yo. And that perhaps has been a theme. Hey, babies. They just walked in the room. That perhaps has been a theme in the black experience in America. You know, not being able to protect them. Man, hey, look, Smith, you saying they don't let black people drive cars. They let a couple niggas get... And look, they would never want smoke with the the majority of my Jamaican brethren. If they let Jamaicans drive NASCAR, it's, it is a wrap. These niggas have no matters behind the wheels. And I'm telling you, when, when that shit gets crazy, when they open up NASCAR, when we break down them doors, it's going to be over. It's so layered, though. But anyway... You know what I'm saying? Back to what I was talking about. All of these people, all of <laughs> JB said, Wayne, thank you. Yo, Wayne, Wayne deserved the whole NASCAR series, man. Listen, this shit is ridiculous, man. Like, having women in 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 the movement, having women in your life and feeling like you can't protect them and shit like that is a source of frustration for a lot of black men. And a lot of times, man, motherfuckers, man, will internalize that hate and direct it in the wrong direction. And people get hurt that had no business getting hurt. Domestic violence, all type of clown shit, man. And we just, we not with that, man. Like, that's that's not a part of our movement. That's not a part of our platform. That's not a part of our platform, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey, what, man? Hold up. Y'all on this on this NASCAR. I love it. You say they can have NASCAR? Look, I'm vouching for NASCAR, man. That shit was loud and crazy, yo. It's definitely some, again, some American macho male shit. You know what I'm saying? But, yo, do the knowledge to this. Why is it that all of our sports or all of the sports that African-Americans seem to be, you know, participants in, one, they're lobbying for those to come back ASAP. They are trying to actively figure out how to get the NFL back. They are actively trying to figure out how to get the motherfucking NBA back. M- MLB, they, they just can't get it. They're, those guys are like, nah, we're not fucking with it. And they're, they're about to leave those guys alone. But in the hood, why is it the basketball courts aren't back up? You know, like we can't, people can't go outside and play. They getting on the Spanish guys about playing soccer. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane. Like you said, idol culture. They want they want to keep those people up as the heroes of our community because if the heroes of our community start to become the activists who are on TV every night now, cats who are on yeah, cats who thank you. They want us to get sick and die. 
if, if our heroes start to become people who are on TV with masks on out in the streets, eloquently speaking against this system, nah, that's that's not beneficial to the, this party that they're trying to have here and try to leave us out of. You know what I'm saying? We need to get, exactly, we need to get right back into the games, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Right back into the movies, all of this nonsense. Like, yo, shout out to Spike. The Five Bloods was good. My wife is yeah, on it. You know what I'm saying? I liked it because I like Apocalypse Now. And I think it was a very cool nod to Apocalypse Now, Kubrick. I get it, Spike. But anyway, all I'm saying is that these the entertainment that they want us to indulge in is a distraction. They want us to get back to games. And look, I believe the casinos are opening back up in Maryland right now. How the fuck is the, the casino? The casino where you have to go touch multiple handles of or buttons, excuse me, of slot machines and the same cards that everybody's touching, same dice, because I know I like to shoot them, same dice, chips that everybody done touched. I just don't understand how there's any legitimate concern here. It isn't. This this is meant to keep the economy flowing by the real drivers of the economy, because I think that one thing that they're noticing and that we all have noticed in this pandemic is that office work and all of that is not nearly as essential as it was made out to be. Not nearly as as vital to our economy, to our way of living, to, you know, just us being productive citizens as it was made out to be. People now are working from home. They're miserable. They're super miserable. But at the same time, these industries, for whatever it may be, are continuing on. You know what I'm saying? Paperwork is still being processed. All of that. You know, all of these things are still happening. Ronimo, what you say? Yo, hey, Ronnie, you're right. They want us to get back to those vices. They want the white folks, too. That's, they're a big driver of the economy. And, yo, what you say? All the outdoor areas of the harbor are already lit? Exactly. This is, listen, the service economy because that's how the people who do have the luxury of working from home and, you know, participating in the economy passively enjoy themselves. And boom, the work from home, the computer, the tech economy, as long as there's still development, as long as there is still movement in that sector, there's not a big focus on the proletariat's health. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Rita, one time, she's always on the scene. Would you say half of the people were wearing masks? Half, and the half was our people. That's 100% true. We seem to be the main demographic of people taking this thing seriously because it is serious to us. It's serious for our community. It's very serious for us. And like I said, three pandemics for black women, two for black men, but three Three pandemics right now going on at the same time, yo. You know what I'm saying? No hyperbole. No hyperbole. What'd you say? The message on the projector said America was not built on fear. Good Lord. Woo! That's some real Orwellian shit. <laughs> right. It wasn't built on intellect either. That's some real 1984 shit right there. Look, I personally, I can see the writing on the wall, folks. I am aware that we are in a in a on a blind date with authoritarianism right now. We're just seeing if we like it. You know what I'm saying? We're just testing it out a little bit. Oh, Rita, come on, hop on in here. Let's see what you got. See if you're still in the field. 
Boom. Hop on in. Yeah, we're about to, you know, we're about to clash with authoritarianism out here, y'all. You know, have fun. Enjoy the ride. You know, because uh, the, the Bugaloo boys got the guns, you know what I'm saying? They're ready to shoot it out with the cops. We, yeah. hey, what's happening, huh? Rita, I read wellness. All right, drop, drop, drop the size on us. Okay, I'm listening. I'm always getting a call during Michelle. Yeah. If I don't get a call during the show, it ain't right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just want to clarify. I just was at National Harbor, right? Right. They had a big ass projector up, right? A big ass projector. Okay. All right. I look around. I just start looking. All right. I'm looking. All right. I see my people. Like, oh, and when I say my people, I'm talking about my people. I've seen the, the whole the diaspora. Whole lot going on, but I don't see a lot of masks. All right. Mm-hmm. On the projector, literally a big ass projector right there in front of me. Yeah, when they be showing, I remember I watched World Cup games down there a couple of times. Nothing about protection nets is COVID. <laughs> Nothing about that. These motherfuckers had a picture of Rosie the Riveter saying, hey, y'all, it's National Harbor. And America was not built on fear. Let me repeat. Wow. With a picture of Rosie the Riveter like this. Talk about you can do it. You can get Corona. <laughs> Yeah, it's a wrap. Real strong. Yeah. Real Listen, as a as as a health as a health industry institute perfection uh, professional, excuse me. Yes. What's going on? Where are we going here? Where are we going here? Well, judging on what I saw this weekend, we are going straight to the emergency room as a collective, <laughs> as we've been doing. Um, it looks like a whole. And right. a whole lot of looking up in the air, but no no consciousness, you know, no consciousness. It was looking like a whole bunch of sheep that, like, yeah. you know, yeah. might be willing My man Ronnie just made a good point. He said that subconsciously, even how they're trying to use, like, the strong feminism angle with the Rosie, Rosie the Riveter imagery. Like, he just put me on. Ronnie is smart brother, man. You know what I'm saying? He, he, you know, third eye. It's the third eye gang out here. Third eye gag gag. You know, we be seeing. We be knowing. <laughs> like, it's mainstream, but, but the notice, notice the chasm, right? Because yeah. over the last week or so, the mainstream shows 16th Street. The mainstream shows, oh, Black Lives Matter Plaza. Like, yeah, all right. Right. And as soon as you cross the bridge, here we go to the bullshit again. So, so that, yeah. you know, we have to be careful when... When it zooms in on one scene, because yeah. you may think that that's because what's fine. happening outside of that scene is the real action. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, like, look, we got a big weekend coming up, man. We got Juneteenth. You know, I'm excited about Father's Day. You know, oh, I'm throwing pop. I'm throwing lots of tails on somebody grill. I'm figuring this out, but it's just like it's crazy that all of these things that we've come to know and anticipate, we got a Trump rally happening. We have all of these large things that we're anticipating. And in the backdrop of that is potentially one of the the most deadly pandemic that we've seen in the last hundred years. Real you know, talk. I don't, I don't understand. Talk. I mean, we can't be comfortable with that. That's a difficult thing to be comfortable with, you know? 
Like, no. So, so when you see people out, do you think that the mentality is that people are just ignoring it and that's why there's no mask and social distancing? Or do you think that people are really just comfortable and they're just like, you know, fuck it, it's, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, have people put it out of their mind? Have people tried to pull a Trump? Like Trump said, if we stop testing, we'll stop getting positive results. Well, I think the propaganda has put it out of people's mind. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're talking about a campaign or when they call programming, you know, you have this public health campaign and and how it's rendered out, right? And then there's cycles. And and, and, um, Uh right before I signed on, I heard you talking about the economic underpinning of it, right? So now think about it. We're going into the summer financial quarter. Mm -hmm. The capitalism don't stop. And the game don't wait. waning of... You know, now we don't hear from Dr. Fauci. We're not, we're not seeing the Fauci said he hasn't spoken over. to Trump in two weeks. I'm on the I'm on the fence of saying Fauci might have been an actor. A really good actor, but I don't know. You're more in that sector. What's Dr. Fauci's medical credentials? Like, I know he was involved in the AIDS epidemic at some point in time heavily, but yeah. I'm just saying, so, like, so these public personas, they don't strike me as the smartest people in the room. Short, Dr. Fauci um, is the face of of American public health as it relates to epidemics in in contemporary America. So starting the timeline at AIDS in 1980. But again, it's bigger than AIDS in 1980, correct? That whole Reaganomics. Absolutely. Uh, Here comes the crack. Right. Uh, Here comes funding. And he didn't weigh in on any of those public health epidemics like, you know, crack or even talk about water in, in Flint, Michigan and things like that. Did he weigh in on was he a voice I or don't that? recall. I, I look, again I'm I'm being real. I don't I don't recall an NIH um uh, intervention of people saying, wait a minute, this is a public health crisis. And, and let's just be clear, NIH NIH stands for National Institutes of Health. Like not diseases, not you know, specific sicknesses, just general health. Yeah. Yeah, health. And and also, too, let me say this, because, again, this is an educational program. Um, Thank you. Please, Google, go back and Google um, uh, Anthony Fauci 1980s or NIH 1980s. It wasn't until people actually came up to the National Institutes of Health and protested and actually put signs on the on the front lawn of the well, NIH director, um, noting the deaths of who, of noting who was dying. Because think about it, who was dying from HIV AIDS back in the eighties? Right. Just sit there and think about it. Portions right? of the society that they they found undesirable or were un Absolutely. underfunded anyway. Absolutely. Drug so addicts, homosexuals. Let me be very clear. Like, and this is this is history. This is this is well documented. It's not yeah. like there was this proactive. You know, you saw you know, like you saw this swoop in on in twenty twenty. No, in nineteen eighty, the people had to storm up here in Bethesda and like mm. put tombstones and like these very serious imagery, dead bodies, body bags on the lawn of NIH to get them to do something about to come up with the quote unquote round of vaccine. I remember the AIDS quilt. Like I'm I'm old yeah. enough to remember the uh AIDS quilt across the whole damn uh mall. You remember that? When they had a damn yeah. quilt that yeah. covered the space from the Washington Monument to uh the Capitol. And yeah. I mean at the end of the day 
those type of those type of grand gestures, like those type of protest actions, are definitely effective in their own way, and they do have an impact in their own way. We just gotta keep the pressure on them. Reed, thank Absolutely. you so much for for clocking in, checking in. Look, whatever you ready to do, your podcast from this medical health professional standpoint, and you need my consultantship. I am yeah. ready. I am ready to to we just step into the wings and produce this thing, yo, for real. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Ray, great to see you again. Thank you for clocking in, love. No Peace. problem. No Always. Problem. Well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yo, so I know we only got a few more minutes left in the show today. I'm getting better on my IG live timing. Ronnie, it's an educational program, fam. This shit should be sponsored by PBS. This shit should come on right after Tracing Your Roots with uh, Skip Gates. You know what I'm saying? They should put me on right before Nova. And right after Antiques Roadshow. Like, that's where I should be. But for right now, I'm in the living room drinking those Eckies because I've been rocking with my Mexicans. My wife just got back from Texas. <laughs> she brought back the Mexican flames. So I'm here. You know what I'm saying? It's a great, it's, it's a great week, man. You know what I mean? It feels better just knowing that the, the fight goes on. Again, don't lose sight of this. 120 people killed by the police since. George Floyd was killed 20 days ago. 20 days ago, 120 people killed. Don't lose sight of that. Don't ever lose sight of that. What'd you say, Geronimo? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you remember all of that. Like, man, we used to watch real world, man. We That's what I'm saying. Man, we have been built by the fire to deal with this shit, man. Like, we have been built and we have been tested by the fire to deal with 2020, bro. We went through the Challenger exploding, 9-11, AIDS epidemic, crack epidemic. I mean, what else do you want? What more do you want, yo? We're here. West Nile, Anthrax, um, Oklahoma City, Waco. What's, what's good? What else you got, world? Throw it at us. We ready. And I love my Generation Z youths. My son is a part of that crew, slightly. He's a young Generation Z, but my... My older generation Z crew, the little 15, 16-year-olds who's like reading books and really up on the knowledge as it needs to be absorbed, you know what I'm saying? And they're really outspoken. They're ready to come out here and set it off on society every day. I love it. Keep the pressure on every day. Protest every day. Do not stop, yo. Keep your head on the swivel for all of us, man, because here's the thing, man. A lot of these killers, these are family men. And I need y'all to pay attention to that, too. They taking people who got families. They taking, man, Rashad Brooks had three kids, man. Three kids. You know what I'm saying? Philando Castle, beloved community figure. Father. You know what I'm saying? George Floyd, father. You know what I'm saying? Corin Gaines. Corin Gaines. Never forget Corin Gaines in Baltimore. A mother. You understand what I'm saying to you? A lot of these women here, sisters, mothers, daughters, brothers, fathers. Yo, we can't lose our people like this. It's an educational program, y'all. Two minutes remaining. I love it. I'm getting into my groove. I'm in my bag right now. Black Broadway, The Core Report. I hope somebody listen to this shit. That's all I care about, for real. If I, li- if I get three, four, five people to listen to this shit, I feel very accomplished. You know what I'm saying? Because I'd rather have 
five people really listening that's going to go talk to another four people, five, ten, playing, and it's spread. Then they have a hundred motherfuckers just like casually looking and I don't, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Nah. We talking about real shit. We talking about real shit. We doing real shit. You know what I'm saying? We in the community. Shot Town showing love today, man. Shout out to my brother Ronnie, man. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate you clapping in, man. For real, yo. You know, man. Listen, Lynette, where we going to Chicago, baby? Man, we got family out in Chicago. That's that's lit too. That's cool. Hold up. Let me have my man G Boy in real quick, man. Last minute. Last minute. One last guess. We going in. Come on, G Boy. You got 50, 50 seconds. You on the you on the last minute timer. I'm waiting on you. Da, 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 da. Come What's going on. on, brother? You're doing a good job, man. Oh, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you, fam. You know you yeah, my man from, from, from way, way back, man. You know this shit ain't new, man. Like, this is what we do. This is what we about. Man, I can't, let me get on the camera, man. You, you're doing an excellent job, brother, man. You know what I mean? The shit you're doing for the community, man, getting on it and... Put it out there. You you schooling a lot of us who's even in your area that don't know a lot of the things that's going on out here. Man. You know what I mean? Like the young lady who just came in that was in the medical field. Yeah. You know, I'm in that field also, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, the field I'm in is when it's too late for somebody who, you know, who couldn't right. get it together. You know you what I mean? You on that postmortem side, man. Oh, man, I missed it. It ended. <laughs> Yo, ladies and gentlemen, the core report, Black Broadway core report, man. I love this show. I love doing it, man. Thank y'all so much for the love and the encouragement. It keeps the party popping, man. It really does. We're coming back tomorrow. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.